Good morning, brothers and sisters. In our gospel today, Jesus is instructing us that as his disciples, the, the life to which he is calling us, is much harder than the old commandments, the old law. It's much more challenging because he brings up certain laws that every Israelite would know. And he says, not only can you not do those, but if you want to follow me, it's an even stricter rule you must follow. You've heard you can't kill people, okay? That's an obvious one of the Ten Commandments. Don't murder, that's a big one. Nobody usually debates that. Jesus says, no, that's not good enough. You can't even be angry with people. And if you call someone a fool, you will be judged and punished. And if you thought avoiding adultery was hard in some instances, you're forbidden from even thinking about it. Lusting in your heart itself is adultery. Our Lord is placing a greater burden upon us than the old law ever was to the Israelites. This is why he says in the gospel that he didn't come to get rid of the law. He came to fulfill it. You see, it's one of the issues that people who are trying to disprove Christianity often bring up. It's that Jesus says, don't get rid of the law, fulfill the law. Be perfect as I am perfect. And then St. Paul says in some of his letters in the New Testament, as Christians, we don't have to follow the law. The law is irrelevant to us. It doesn't exist anymore. So they say, see, they're, they're contradicting each other. Jesus and Paul teach two different things. Now, obviously, they have no understanding of what they're both really talking about. You see, if you understand what Paul is actually saying, he's saying the reason we don't need the Ten Commandments or the old law of Israel is because the law that we've been given by Christ, what we call the law of love, is much harder. So if you are loving the way Jesus loves, you don't need the Ten Commandments, right? You don't need the old law. It's irrelevant. The new law is much more challenging. <laughs> but you and I, if you're anything like me, I struggle with the Ten Commandments. The, the law of love is much harder. <laughs> I, I don't even think I'm ready to try that. I get worried at times. What am I going to do if I, I'm certainly not following the law of love. I struggle with even still the basic law from the Old Testament. What hope do I have of salvation? You heard what our Lord said in the gospel. He said, if you don't settle with your opponent on the way to court, then the judge will hand you over to the guard and the guard will throw you into prison and you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. The fathers of the church tell us that when Jesus is giving us this very strong recommendation, settle with your opponent on the way to court, he says. He's basically telling you, if you don't reconcile while you're still alive here on earth, when you die and go to your judgment, which is the court before God, his throne, then God will punish you for all of your unforgiven sins. And he says that we won't be released until we have paid the last penny. 
Now this refers to, to two possible outcomes. You see, there are certain sins, we call them grave serious sins or mortal sins, that are so severe there is no earthly or heavenly way that you can and I can ever pay for them. So when we go to our judgment, if we have those kind of sins on our soul, we go to hell for eternity because there's no way to pay for it. We'll never be able to pay down the debt. It's too great. However, for venial sins, if you, if you don't have anything too serious on your soul, just small breakings of the commandments of, and the law of love, then you'll have to go to purgatory until you pay your debt, and then you'll get out and go to heaven. So Jesus here is, is speaking about our final judgment, and he's saying we have to get ready before we die. If we don't settle the debt that we have before we go to our judgment, the court, we're in trouble. So how do we settle the debt? How do we take care of these issues, these sins, these ways in which we offend God while here in this life? Again, Jesus gives us the answer. He's not trying to trick us or deceive us or make the Christian life impossible. He is setting for us a very high goal, perfect love. But he knows most of us aren't going to make it. Does that mean there's no hope? No, there's hope. That's why he came. That's why he died for us, so he could still offer us hope. You see, in our first reading, beautiful reading from the book of Sirach, we are told that each of us has two choices. One leads to life, the other leads to death. The path to life is obeying all of God's commandments. Don't break any of God's rules because he didn't give you permission to sin. So if you do that, you'll be saved. Don't worry. That's life. But if you break his commandments, that's death. You're damned. You go to hell. That's it. It's over. It's too late. But most of us fall into that second category. Does that mean that most will not go to heaven? Apart from Christ, yes. Apart from Jesus Christ, no one goes to heaven. Absolutely no one. But with him, even if I'm not able to perfectly follow the commandments, the Old Testament law, let alone the New Testament law, I still have hope. And the hope is this. He says, if you bring your gift to the altar and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar. Go first and be reconciled with your brother and then come and offer your gift. The fathers of the church tell us that Jesus is explaining to us that in order to approach the altar of God, and as Catholics we know what that means, to present our gift, which is our self, that's what God wants from us, a gift of self, before we present ourselves before God, we need to reconcile with anyone, he says, our brother, who has something against us. So this refers not only to earthly issues with people in this life, earthly relationships that you currently have, but more importantly, it refers to Jesus Christ himself, who is our brother. Through baptism, we are united 
in the body of Christ. And Jesus calls us family, his brothers, his friends. And when we sin, we offend him as our God, as our Lord, and as our brother. He's the one we have to reconcile with before we attempt to approach the altar. He's basically saying, go to confession. Why do you think we call confession reconciliation? Because you are being reconciled with your brother, Jesus. He'll forgive you of your sins. Then when you come, you can offer your gift and it will be accepted by God. But if you refuse to do this, that's when he says he will take you to court. I want you to pay attention to this change of language, this change of description that most might have not even picked up on. You see, in the first part of this statement, Jesus says that you have a problem with your brother or your brother has a problem with you. So you need to go and reconcile with him. But if you don't reconcile with your brother, he's not your brother any, anymore. What does Jesus call him? Your opponent. If you refuse to humble yourself and reconcile with someone, you're not family anymore. You're not friends. You're opponents. God is saying, if you don't reconcile with me, I am your opponent. And if you really think you're going to win a contest of judgment against me, you're dead wrong. Our Lord is offering you two options. What Sirach says, one of life and one of death. I can be your brother or I can be your opponent. You choose. Again, as Christians, we, we hope and we pray. We like to only think of God as the merciful Savior. He is the merciful Savior to those who humble themselves and repent. But he is the judge, the jury, and the executioner, the punisher, the opponent to those who refuse. It is our choice. God is not one or the other. He's both. It all comes down to a choice we have. Sadly, I, I'm not good enough to follow all the rules and love perfectly the way I am called to. I strive for that. I aim for that. That's the goal. But most likely, I'm going to regularly fall short. So if I want the merciful hand of God instead of the back hand of God, then I have to choose to humble myself and reconcile First with him, that's the purpose of confession. But then with my earthly family and friends. That's how you're going to repair broken relationships. You humble yourself to your wife. You humble yourself to your husband. You humble yourself to your parents. You humble yourself to your children and you repent. And the relationship is restored. You refuse to humble yourself and are you surprised that you are at war with everyone around you? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.